Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Good job, guys. Amen. God is good. It's good to have people that can facilitate the presence of God. And uh, it's not just about the, the notes and the beat. and the, It's about uh, God being involved. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, let me say this as we're, as we're before we get into the Word here today. Uh, there are reasons why things happen. Okay? There are reasons sometimes that are unknown to certain individuals. And if you have been uh, dealing with something in your life and questioning the why about it you know in one sense I want to say welcome to the human race we all have questions about things and and hopefully we find a lot of answers along the way and we do but there are still we have questions about these things but I would tell I would say to you this uh, in your absence of knowing why don't blame God he is never your problem he is never against you. He was always for you, and he wants to turn the situation around more than you want it turned around. And if it's, if it's irreversible, if it's something bad that has already happened, you know, maybe someone passed away, and you're, you know, just, a, you know, and it's like, well, what can, we, what can be done now? Here's what can be done. You can stay on the Lord's side. Because what happened wasn't his best and wasn't his way. But there are reasons, and, and your lack of knowing why things happen should not result in blame on the wrong person. Okay? There's a big discussion we could have as to why, but always stay on his side. He's for you, he's not against you, and you'll get light and understanding as you walk with him, not as you harden towards him. Not as you say, mm, but... But what about all this? You'll never get answers that way. You'll only get darker and harder. Amen. Praise God. Now, if that ministers to you, uh, then uh, you take that and receive that from the Lord. And, uh, and good, good, good. He'll keep helping you as you go. Praise God. All right. If you brought your Bible with you today, uh, go with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. You got a Bible or an iPad or a, a Bible app on your phone. Romans chapter 8. We started a few weeks ago on a new series called The Deciding Factor. Are you ready for more? Have you figured out what the deciding factor is? No, okay. Good thing we're here. Primarily, we would say it this way, the, de- the deciding factor in our lives ought to be the leading of the Spirit of God. What has He said to you? What is He leading you to do? What did He tell you to do? And if we are making decisions without that, we're greatly limited. We're guessing. We're flipping coins. We're rolling the dice. I mean, life, you just don't know what's coming up. And there are a lot of things you will not be able to predict accurately. But if you had an all-knowing God who loved you and said he'd never leave you, living on the inside, and he was a speaking spirit, he was one who promised to, to not only teach us, but also guide us and show us things to come, 
if you had that, wouldn't that be an advantage in life? Huh? Can you see how this subject now, because we're all making decisions continually, can you see how this is one of the most important subjects we could ever talk about? I know I feel about that, feel that way about almost everything I teach while I'm teaching it, and I'm right. <laughs> but really, I mean, but, to, but consider this. If you were to, I don't mean to diminish other things, but if you could be led of Him, if you could know what He wants you to do, when, you, when He wants you to do, and how He wants you to do it, I mean, wouldn't you be set up? I mean, we're laughing. Uh, let's read these verses over here. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12, Romans 8, 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. How many like that promise? But if, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led... By the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. All right? And, and so we, we can then be led by the flesh, or we can be led by the Spirit of God. We have that option, and that, those are both on the table for us. Uh, in, in discussing being, being led of the Lord, guided by His hand, uh, we have to realize what else is on the table. What else could I be following? What else could I be yielding to and be, what else might I be led by? Well, this scripture says it this way, the flesh. But if you follow the flesh around, uh, death is the result. One leads to death, the other leads to life. And also, we could say it this way, the Spirit of God will lead the sons of God, resulting in life. Resulting, the, the, word, the language there is zoe, resulting in a God quality of life. If I'm led by the Spirit, my life goes up. Huh? If I'm led by the flesh, my life goes down. Yeah, that's simple. That's easy math. Uh, a, little more, a little more challenging sometimes to live out, right? But that's the way it works. It's not real complicated. Uh, Say, so I've, I've been having a lot of bad stuff in my life. Who, who have you been following? I mean, what have you been following? What's been, made, what's been the, the source of your decision-making? Are, are you following around the, the, the flesh, or are you being led by the Spirit? I, I could say this another way. If you are mature enough to follow this leading, this leading of the Spirit, life will result. Yeah. So, denying the flesh is a big part of making right decisions. You see how that's connected? So I just want the Spirit of God to lead me. I'm listening for His voice. He, he's leading and guiding. But then we're making fleshly decisions. We're, everything, our, everything our body talks about, everything, every time our body speaks up, we obey. You ever find that trouble in life? If you have a body, you've probably dealt with this before. <laughs> but do you make your decisions based upon every time your body yelps? Feed me, feed me, feed me. Yes, sir. Entertain me, entertain me, entertain me. Absolutely, yes, I'll do that. Every time your, every time your flesh speaks up, do you follow it? 
Sleep in, sleep in, sleep in. <laughs> yes, I will obey. I will do that. I just do whatever I feel. I've been taught to obey my body. <laughs> but is that biblical? No, just the opposite. We should be led of the Spirit because if you follow those desires around, you follow those leadings around consistently, what's the result? Death. But following the Spirit of God, which is the opposite, is walking away from that life. Yeah? Am I making anybody nervous so far? Uh, see, uh, immature people jump at everything. They're quick to jump out of this and jump out of this and jump into this. And they're always making, always making huge changes. They're always going from one thing to another. That's a sign of immaturity. We know that. Likewise, it is, if we're going to be the mature sons of God, we're not quick to jump every time, every time we want something, every time our flesh says, give, me, give this to me, I need this. And every time we feel, I feel this, so we act. No, being led of the Spirit is a different way of approaching decision-making, okay? And they are contrary one to another. Hallelujah. Now, last week... Uh, I was sharing with you about getting in faith, about being led. Uh, scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. All right? He's ordering our steps. We can get into faith about this. You need to be in, in, in faith. Believe that your steps are ordered of the Lord. How, much, how often does that come out your mouth? Where in conversation you say, yeah, thank you, Lord. He's guiding us. He's leading us. Even times of uncertainty where you're not sure of, of what the future holds or what decision to make, you also, you say out of your mouth, but Lord, you're leading us. But Lord, you're guiding us. You're ordering our steps. See, see that's the way a, a, a spirit-led believer talks. It's constant confidence in the Lord's ability to get me from here to there, from where I am to where I need to be next, Yeah. And then wrapped up in that is where I need to be next contains all the blessing and privilege and, 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 and favor and provision of God. So I'm always believing for that. Believing to be, to, to, to be guided and directed. Uh, say this out loud with me. Uh, I'm getting part of this from this verse, but, but say it with me. Say, as a child of God, I am led by the Spirit of God. I do not live after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Amen. That's a good, good habit to, to be saying things like that. Well, what would be the contrary? What would be the opposite of that? It, it, it's, it's when you find yourself continually saying things like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what, to, what decision to make. Like, I don't know what God wants for me in, in my life. Or, I can't seem to hear Him. I don't hear the Lord's voice. See, is that dangerous speech? See, you might as well just go ahead and cuss. Not in here. What? What am I saying? Uh, why do I say it that way? Because this is harming you. When you speak a certain way continually, it reinforces a belief, and sometimes that belief is contrary to the promises of God. And I don't want to catch myself continually saying, I can't, I can't hear. I just don't hear the Lord. Or I don't know what to do. And build in, I don't want to build into myself a consciousness, a belief of of lack of knowledge, of, a, of, of, an, of, a, of an unspiritual life where I don't know God, I don't know his, his leadings. Say the opposite. In the midst of not knowing, here's where we can walk by faith. 
How do we walk by faith? We say it whether we see it or not. Thank you, Lord, you're leading me. Thank you, Lord. I believe I know you. I hear your voice. I am guided every step of my day by your spirit. Hmm? Away from problems and into goodness, into greatness. Away from tragedy and into safety. I'm led by you. I'm guided by you. I know your voice. When you speak, I hear it. Yeah? Go over with me to the book of John, chapter 10. John, the 10th chapter. And uh, Jesus speaking over here. If you were in Romans, you're just not far away. Just go left. A couple, couple books. Uh, John chapter 10. Uh, and Jesus is here speaking about um, the shepherd of the sheep. And then he brings himself into that equation as well. Uh, it says in verse, let's begin in verse 3. It, he, he states here, to him the doorkeeper opens, the shepherd of the sheep. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, who does that? The shepherd does. And when he speaks out his, uh, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. Can you see how our shepherd, Jesus is called, of course, in the same few verses later, he says, I'm the good shepherd. You see how the Lord doesn't get behind us and force us, but he gets before us and leads us. He calls us by name and guides us to a certain point. So someone said, well, I'm just trying to figure out what the Lord is doing in my life. Leading, not forcing. He's saying, hey, John, Steve, Susan, come, come, come over here. You see how that's opposite of I'm out of control and God is just making things happen in my life. No, 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 no. That's not, he's not pushing you into stuff. I got these problems and why did the Lord do this to me? Ah! No, he didn't push you into anything or force anything upon you. He got in front of you and called your name. Said, come. That's, that, that's how I got saved. If you're a born-again believer, that's how you got saved. He got in front of you and said, I want you. Come. Come. If we followed, we entered into life. If we didn't follow, we didn't. But he didn't push us into the pen. You know, push us into the pasture. Get in there. Come on. You don't have a choice here. You're going in. No, that's not how God works. See how theology is so funky and messed up? This idea that... God's just going to push you into things and force things upon you, and you don't have any choice in the matter? No, that's not right. He leads us. Praise God. Again, in middle of verse 4, for they know his voice. That's a good word. They do what? They know his voice. Yet, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, again, if you're a believer, you are identified in Scripture as sheep. Right? We are the sheep of His pasture, we, and He is our shepherd. And so there is a parallel, a correlation here is as to how we are to relate to Him. And what the Lord is saying is saved people basically know the Lord's voice. Yeah, 
it is inherent to everyone who belongs to him. We shouldn't say otherwise. If the Lord said, my sheep know my voice, what should the sheep say? Don't say, meh. <laughs> what should the sheep say? <laughs> I know his voice. He says, you know his voice. He says, I know his voice. I should say, I know his voice. You should say, you know his voice. Right? Would, would that make any sense at all? Would you call that faith to agree with the statement outside of any further explanation? This is faith in God to say, yep, that's right. I know the Lord's voice. Yeah. Never say again, ever again in your life, I do not know the Lord's voice. I can't hear from God. No, that's not true. Agree with him. And, and, and you'll see this. Now, this is interesting, the language familiar versus strange. You hear believers sometimes talking about the devil speaking to them. Well, I don't know that voice. Well, the devil spoke to me. Devil who? Are you saying the devil doesn't speak? No, I'm not saying. It's just I recognize that, or I could say I don't recognize it, but if I hear it, it's a strange voice to me. It's not a known, it's not familiar. What is the voice of the Lord to every believer from the first, person, first day they get saved? You might be a brand new believer. Maybe you got born again last week here. You know his voice. You're born of him. You're made of the same stuff that God is. You're born of God. Heaven is normal. It's your, it's your, it's your reality. The spirit world and the voice of your shepherd is normal to you. You know, it's, you know that voice. There are other voices out there. But there's something wrong with them. They're strange to you. It's like, no, I don't know that. Who's, whose voice is that? What is that? I don't even care what it's saying because, no, that's not right. There's something that's, that's right. It's like home. It just sounds right. It's like uh, mom's roast and potatoes and gravy. It's like... Grandma's apple pie. Huh? What? There's something familiar about this. There's something right about it. There's something, it's like I belong here. I know this. Can you relate to, this is what heaven is to us. This is what the voice of our Savior is to us. It's a known quantity. When you hear, it's, mm, yeah. Yeah, I know that. That's right. Other things are like, hmm. No, I don't know that. Who made this pie? Oh. There's just something not right about it. Maybe they're a bad person. I don't know. <laughs> but it was the devil. <laughs> uh, amen. How many, how many of you have, at some point, you've come here in services like this, and you've heard things that you didn't know or were different from the way you previously thought. And while hearing them, you went, your head went, huh? But right on the inside, you went, that tastes like mom's apple pie. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah. Why? It's the Spirit of God. 
we all have to learn and grow. And sometimes we were wrong about something. What am I looking for? His voice. I'm looking for his voice within anyone else's voice. I want to know, is that my, my shepherd? Because uh, that's the voice we're to follow. And if we follow that voice, we're led into a good place. Romans 8 says we're led to life. We're led into Zoe. We're led into the abundance of, of God. Now, you remember this. I've said this at different times. What we get in life is not just what God says, but it's what we say about what God says. If the Lord says, uh, you know, if the word of God says you're saved, your sins are washed away, Jesus is Lord, so forth, but you say, no, Jesus is not my Lord, my sins are not washed away, what do you get? You get not whatever God says, you get whatever you say. Huh? And the Lord has left that up to us. He states fact, he states reality, it's a promise, it's good for us, but if we disagree, we get whatever we say. Huh? So when it comes to the leading of the Spirit of God and the voice of our good shepherd, we get whatever we say. So again, it brings us back to this. I want to agree with the Lord. If I see statements like this, I should be quick to say, yep, that's true in my life. Yep, I've got that. Yep, I'm led. Yep, I know his voice. Yep, I'm hearing from him every day. Yep, my steps are ordered to the Lord. I don't want to disagree with him. I want to agree. I want to be on the same side. I want to be on the same page. Jesus said, my sheep hear I say, I hear. Yeah, there are many voices in this world, a lot of voices going on, many thoughts to listen to, and if you're conditioned to them, you're tuned in to their station, those are going to seem most prominent to you. Whatever you continually give attention to, that will seem more real. That will seem like it's louder. Huh? And so this is where I can adjust, and I can tune in, I, 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 can, I can be led by Him. Like I mentioned to you before, uh, maybe last week, individual, I mentioned a certain individual who was making decisions based on the pain level in his head. In other words, making decisions by headaches. Go in a certain direction, get a headache, nope, that must be the wrong thing. See, that's not the voice of the Lord. That's not how the shepherd leads us. Are you listening? Okay, I'm not going to make decisions based on that. I mean, what if you go somewhere and you don't have a headache? What if you go to rob a bank and your head feels great? <laughs> Must be will of God, huh? Otherwise, he would have stopped me by smiting me <laughs> and giving me pain. No, I'm not going to be led by that kind of stuff. People do all kinds of wrong things. They make wrong decisions, and they have no ill feeling in their body. They have no sickness that attacks them to let them know they're doing the wrong thing. We are supposed to walk by faith and follow his voice, follow his leading. Now, there was a time over in, uh, in Jesus' ministry. You know, there was a few times in, the in his ministry where there was a voice from heaven that spoke audibly, so it wasn't just to one person. Lots of people heard. Remember at the baptism? Of, of Jesus by John the Baptist, and, uh, and the Father spoke from heaven, and, and on the Mount of Transfiguration, it wasn't public, but there were, you know, some folks there, and Moses, Elijah, Peter, James, John, on the mountain, and the Father spoke out loud in the air, 
from heaven. And, and there was another recording, the third recording, uh, John records it, where uh, it, it's over. I won't have you turn there. But Jesus was, was praying here in John 12, 28. He said, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. And see, this was a case where the Lord spoke out loud from heaven. But you can see that not everyone got it. Not everyone understood it. Some said, that was an angel. Someone said, no, it's just, it's just thundering out. <laughs> I don't want to be the person that when God speaks, says, I think it's going to rain. <laughs> I, I think that was thunder. Well, 1 Corinthians teaches us that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. Okay, and, uh, and these people not being born again, they didn't know their, that voice. And they heard the voice, and it was just noise to them. They didn't understand it. How many know just the fact that God speaks? Someone said, God, why don't he just stick his face in the sky and speak to all of us? Because most people would say, what's that? I don't believe in this. People with a hardened heart, people who are resistant to him, would not just bow their knee to him at, that, at, a, at some spectacular sign. Amen. And when you read on, you, go, you read this passage, you'll see that Jesus said, I didn't even need that. But it's kind of cool, isn't it? But this is where I want to be, the place where Jesus was. I don't need God to, to speak out loud in the, in the heavens for me to hear him. I have a relationship with him. I know him. I hear his voice in here, in my heart, in, 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 the, in my spirit, I hear his voice. That's a better way. That's a preferred way. It's God's designed way not to keep us ignorant of heaven, not to keep us ignorant of his will and his voice, but to teach us a higher way of life. It's not outside in, it's inside out. Spirit of God inside speaking to us and telling us what's right and what's, what's the way to go. Amen. Now, someone said, well, in, in, in decision-making then, what about, like, the facts? What about running the numbers? What about looking at all the information? Is, is that spiritual? Is that unspiritual? Uh, is that the way we make decisions? I think it's part of the equation, all right? Jesus made these statements when he was talking about the cost of discipleship. He said, he said over in Luke 14, 28, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it? So by that illustration, I see the Lord is not opposed to us running the numbers. He is not, he is not saying, don't you ever take into account the, the pluses, the minuses, and so forth of what a decision, how it may play out in your life. But then I also see Scripture, so I'm not just burying my head in the sand and saying, I'm not going to look at anything, I'm not, not going to prepare. No, I'm going to prepare. I want to be diligent in that area to know what's before me, best I can know. But then I want you to look with me at Proverbs chapter 3 and, and see something that, you know, we might say overrides that. Right decision-making for the believer does not mean that we don't use our brain. It just means we recognize its limitations. This is where we get advantage. 
We recognize I cannot, I will not, I, I'm never going to know everything about this. There's no possible way for me to, uh, in my own natural observation, to determine what's going to happen in the future, how this is going to turn out. I am incapable of that. So then, as a believer, I rely on something very reliable, and that is the leading of the Spirit of God. In Proverbs chapter 3, notice verse 5, it reads, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. Not just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your what? With all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. So in, in this description, you can see trusting with your heart is contrasted with leaning on what you know. There is what you understand, there's what you can figure out, there's what you have calculated, what you can see. He says, don't lean on that. He didn't say don't use it or don't use your understanding. He didn't say check your brain at the door, you know, be transformed by the removing of your mind, that kind of thing. He, he didn't say to approach life like that. He said, don't rely on it. Don't lean on it. Huh? Because what you lean on it's only as good as how strong it is. And if I lean too hard on the wrong thing, I could fall. What am I to lean on? The Lord. I'm to trust Him. I need to make sure I'm leaning on something solid. And in this case, it's the one who knows everything. It's the one who sees all and knows all. And so, uh, lean not to your own understanding. Verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He shall direct your paths. Does the directing of my paths tie to anything else? Is it contingent upon anything else? Right there, acknowledgement of Him. And really going back further, trusting Him. My paths being directed, and where are they being directed? Right place, right time, right people, right job, right spouse, right home, right purchases, right financial decisions, huh? away from accidents, away from danger, safety. My paths are being directed by Him. If I acknowledge Him in everything. Acknowledge Him in everything. Amen. If I, I, I trust in, in, in Him in these areas. See, this is the perfect balance. Am I going to look? Yes. Am I going to map my, my path from here to there? Yes. I'm going to map it on my phone, say this is the shortest route. Might it ever be the wrong route? Maybe there's huge traffic or there's an accident that's going to take you a long time. Or maybe there's something you just need to be totally away from. Am I going to map it? Yeah. Am I going to make that the final decision? No. Uh, in life, I always check here. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And if I get a leading to do anything different than what I know, than what I planned, I override what I know by what He says. That's safety. That's protection. That's help. Always be able to be overridden. This is the perfect balance. Now, when He says here, trust your heart, um, Trust the Lord with all your heart. That's not talking about emotion. 
You know, people get into a relationship and they're, uh, they're really attracted to someone. Their emotions are going through the roof. I'm just going to follow my heart. Might mean something different right there. <laughs> it might mean something different than I'm overwhelmed and I can't see straight because she is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And you know what I'm talking about? And all decisions go out the window and all rationality and all leadings of the spirit and all voices from heaven are suddenly absent because you only hear one voice. <laughs> And that's your flesh. <laughs> and that's your body saying, oh, yeah, come on, right here, right now, that's it. Yeah. That's why in those situations it takes, often takes time. All right, get quiet, get settled. Remember, not in, voice is not in the storm. It's not in the earthquake. It's not in the fire. It's in the still small voice. And that's the voice we take time to listen to. Why? Because when we hear it, we know it. It's the familiar voice. It's the voice of our, uh, of our good shepherd. Uh, well, man, there's so much to say about this. We'll come back next week and do more. Uh, but listen, when I recognize, let me say it this way, when I trust the Lord, I'm acknowledging him in everything. Lord, you're everywhere all the time. You're guiding me. You're in my life. You're in my thoughts. You're in my job and you're in my car and you're in my family. You're, I acknowledge you in every area I can think of. The God factor is there. All right. I'm acknowledging him and Lord I trust you. Whatever you lead me to do, whatever you say is right. I'm going with it. Because of that I, I can again I can calculate some things out. And the way some believers talk, it's as if God doesn't exist. They're not acknowledging. Well, I don't have time to go to a church because I've got da 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 Where is the acknowledgement of God in that? I don't have time to pray or I don't have time to serve. I don't have ability to give. I don't have all this because I've got da 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 Think about it. Think about it. If the, if the Spirit of God is leading me one direction, should I be concerned about what I will not be, quote, not be able to do if I go a different direction? What I'll miss out on? That doesn't make any sense whatever, whatsoever. Someone says, I don't have time really to pray like some people do. No, you don't have time not to pray. Your life is so full and so overwhelmed and so jam-packed because you don't pray, not because you do. It's because you're not trusting in him. You're trusting in your ability to run your life. And you figured it out. I can't do that. Well, I can't get my kids to church on this because they got this school project and they got to get in bed at this time. And so they can never make it to these events and these services and these camps and these kind of things because we got to keep. Man, where's God in that picture at all? Am I getting kind of strong here? I, I, I mean to say this in the most strong way so that we don't miss an opportunity, you know, because sometimes people come to church and they don't really listen with an intent to change and follow. <laughs> but where's God in that? What, what if some people said, you know, I can't follow Jesus out into that deserted place. There's no food out there. What are we going to do for dinner? He's, he can be long-winded. 
And if he starts praying for the sick and laying hands, we could be out there a long time. We are going to starve, and the kids are here, and they need food. Well, or maybe there could be a boy with a little lunch. And Jesus could multiply that and feed everybody, and it's all going to be okay, and, and, and we'll be really glad that we went. You never thought of that, did you? Of course we didn't think of that because we couldn't have. I mean, you wouldn't have predicted that. But yet when you give yourself to the things of God, there should be an expectation for stuff to work. I'm not committing myself to some evil or sinful or crazy. These are the things of God. It's His leading. It's His guidance. It's His kingdom first in my life. And when I put His kingdom first, I can and should expect Him to be fully involved in all areas of my life. And so I'm not going to worry about what if I don't do this? What about this? How am I going to eat here? How am I going to... How am I going to... Ah! The grace of God is everywhere. His Spirit is guiding us with the intention of He wants to provide. He wants to prepare. He wants to enrich. He wants to handle things that, we're, that He's tired of us handling because we're losing years over it. We're losing, uh, we're losing time and energy and sleep and stress over trying to fix everything instead of resting. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust you with all my heart. I acknowledge you. And whatever you say, whatever you, wherever you lead me, I'm going to go there. Hallelujah. See how sometimes, see how sometimes we, we limit the ability and power of God from our lives? And it's not God who's doing it. Well, if God wanted to do things, he'd do this. Blah. We should not even be saying things like that. If we're not fully devoted and trusting him in everything. When we are, then watch him go to work. I've had it new, just a handful of times over the years in different services where I knew that because individuals had, had given up what they planned, what they thought needed their attention, they had, they had changed their schedule, did what was inconvenient, and got to that service because they wanted the Lord to move in their life. They desired him in their life more than anything else. I'm saying that's the setup. A handful of times I've had this where all of a sudden I know there are individuals in here and you're here and you're serving God and you're seeking Him and because you are right now, that thing you were so concerned about, that thing you were so uh, stirred up about and thought you needed your attention, He's handling it for you right now. And people would go home and find out their problem that they were so concerned about is gone. That God moved in that situation. It could have been them at home maybe fixing it, and often not, or they do things following the Spirit of God, and He takes care of it quickly and easily and arranges things, and everything just works out. Things that demanded their attention all of a sudden were erased. All of a sudden, they were gone. Is it working that way for you? Here's what I believe. It is working that way for us in ways many times beyond what we know. We're worshiping Him, and we're refusing to worry about things, and we're refusing to get stirred up and get all of our time to something natural, and we're giving our time to Him, and He goes to work. I don't mean we can't increase this and the frequency of it and the, the extent of it, but it's already working for you today. Praise God.
I believe things are happening in lives today, right now, that you could, you, some of you couldn't fix it anyway. You're seeking the Lord, you're giving your attention to Him, and even as we're talking, you're saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you with that, I'm not going to be concerned about that, I'm going to seek you, I'm going to follow your, your spirit, your guidance, I'm acknowledging you in this situation, and you're directing me, and then God's grace goes, goes to work. How many know we shouldn't be surprised at good things happening? The believer being surprised at a healing or an answered prayer or a provision or a money in the mail or whatever it is, things just happening and working out that should not never be a surprise to a faith person that should be ha knew that was going to happen didn't know how maybe but praise god he got involved with me again there we go again break out the testimony paper here we go We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.